brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And Juventus can celebrate a ninth consecutive title. A rocky season. A far from perfect season. But once again, Juventus have been the best. Juventus are the kings of Serie A. The Cultural Guys is a weekly podcast by Adriano Donardo, Gianni Delacoli, and myself, Nicholas DiGiovanni. We want to bring Cultural back to its roots in our communities and share stories from around the world about why we're passionate about the beautiful game. You can listen to us anywhere where you listen to your podcasts, including Spreaker, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Mixcloud. Give us your opinion on social media at The Cultural Guys on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. The intro song is Fireworks by Jazar. Any day that Juventus is champion of Italy. This shit again. Is a All good right, day. hanging up the phone call. <laughs> Where's the close button? <laughs> I'm just going to mute myself. Okay, bye. <laughs> Johnny actually yeah, left. He's gone. 
He's gone. He's gone. I can't wait to post this, but he's gone. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Any day. And I muted. I muted myself, and I uh, you, closed you my did. mic. <laughs> Just like last year, where you have to pull up that clip at CJLO from last year. Yeah, that was Any, a good day. Any day that it, it is a good day because any day that Juventus is champion of Italy is a good day for the past three thousand and six days. Uh, now dating back to May uh, the sixth, twenty twelve. Um, Scudetto number thirty six, number thirty eight, whatever you want to call it. Only thirty six. We, we have those debates. <laughs> it's just a number, right? It's just a number. Um, and it's funny. I'm not going to play the clip. I'm going to save this for next week. Next week, we're going to do a season uh, review here on the Caltra Guys with Adriano DiNardo and Gianni Del Colli. I'm Nicholas uh, Di Giovanni. And uh, I called Inter at the beginning of the season. Uh, you guys called yeah. Juventus. So congrats to you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we didn't I mean, want was... to choose them. We didn't want to choose them. It was kind of like a gunpoint. But uh, <laughs> always, I, think we took, uh, I think we took the safe bet. And Nobody was going to expect what happened this season, 2020. We've said it time and time again, but uh, yeah, you know, Juventus are the champions once again, uh, nine times in a row. Uh, but the big question mark is if they can do it uh, a tenth time uh, to make it ten in a row. But uh, we'll probably discuss that later on. So, congrats to Juve for this year, and uh, we'll see what happens next year. Gianni, Maurizio Sarri, former Napoli coach, becomes yeah. the oldest ever coach to win a, a Serie A title. I'm actually shocked about that because, like, what a story. He, you, you what a think, story! You, you think sixty-one? Like there hasn't been a coach older than sixty-one to win a win a title? Like I'd understand if you know it was sixty-one, the oldest to win his first title, but to win a title period outright was was uh, you know, it's it's crazy to think about. But obviously, you got to feel happy for him. This guy started off as a banker, working work in City, and he I mean he couldn't do it with Napoli. He couldn't win the Scudetto with Napoli. Uh, they got ninety-one points two years ago. But regardless, you got to feel happy for the guy. I mean, yes, it's crazy how in 91 points you, you don't consider like you you don't win the championship with that amount. That's a, he, he achieved some remarkable numbers with Napoli, and um, you know it's nice for him to see him getting his rewards and stuff. I mean, like your, the Europa League last year was fantastic for him, and uh, it was really close to him not winning anything this year. But uh, yeah, I do find it weird too that at 61 he's the oldest receiver, but kind of makes sense. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm happy for the guy to get some kind of recognition. But uh, everyone's been talking good things about him. So Space for him now. And Audero spills it. And Federico Bernardeschi with his first goal in a year and a half might just have won the title for Juve. Bernardeschi, that, uh, that was his first goal of the season since, since September Crazy. 2018. Um, okay, let's play this game. Let's do this now. Early predictions for next year's champion? Wow. Juventus. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, that, you know a what's funny? A lot, a lot of Juventus fans, um, not including myself, honestly, would, would right away say it's not going to be Juve, but they wouldn't be able to tell you who exactly. I don't know. Uh, I, didn't th- I honestly didn't think they'd win it this year just because it was a transition year, and I knew right away... That, they weren't going to be a good team, and we kind of saw that they didn't have a lot of depth. Um, you know, so, but then at the end of the day, I, I saw how they, they're able to elevate their game against the big clubs and, and, and win the Scudetto. So it's going to be, um, it's going to be weird next year. It's going to be hard to say early on, you know, without the summer transfers. You know, uh, I, think I think Inter, I think Inter could be up there. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to, I don't want to say Milan, 
for a Scudetto. No. I think they could fight for Champions no. League, but definitely not Scudetto. No, no. I mean, I think uh, going even back to Sarri, uh, you know, uh, moving moving to to Juventus. Uh, what's that saying? If you can't beat him, join him. Uh, I think that was kind of uh, what happened over there. And listen, I think it took it took it took an adjustment period. Obviously, I think with every new coach, new system, that's that's what happens. Uh, but that's going to be now year two under Sarri uh, for Juventus. They kind of know where his head's at. They know how he plays. Uh, and you know, Juventus, they're, they're not stupid, right? They're going to go. And and I would hope, uh, well, not hope, but I would I would think that, you know, they're gonna they're gonna improve, uh, even though you know their 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 roster is top notch already. I think they can always improve, uh, and I think they will. And the pieces that they do need, uh, maybe it's a broken record, but they do need that midfield, uh, you know, set up a bit better. They're obviously getting Artur coming in, but uh, I think a couple more pieces, and you know, they're not gonna go away just yet. I don't think Juventus. Uh, I hope they do, but uh, if I'm if I'm the betting man, if I'm realistic, I, I I think, you know, they're they're not here to stay forever. But I can see them getting number ten. But uh, I also like the the looks of, uh, you know, Inter. Obviously, not it's gonna be another year under Conte if they stick around with him. You know, uh, Lazio. If it wasn't for COVID, who knows where they could have where the, what they could have accomplished, what they could have achieved this season. And Atalanta is just a scary beast when when they're all you know all guns blazing. So I think it'll be another. Uh, fight to the finish for the Scudetto this year, and I, and I don't think there's going to be a, a standout uh, pick uh, going into next year. Um, the only, like, I mean, like, I heard that uh, Inter is trying to make the Sensi move uh, right now, and they're trying Official, to yeah. yeah. And, um, I mean, Napoli's going to go by Osimhen just to, just to add some extra offense because their offense is atrocious this year. I'll talk about it a bit more of it later. But in the end, Juventus is still the overall solid squad because they're willing to invest in every single part of the field that's missing. And every year, there's always a big splash for them in the department that's lacking. Um, so for me, I don't see, even though these other teams are getting better, it's just that the level that they're getting better to, Juventus is further on from that. You know, it's like, oh, I, I put an extra, I don't know cars, but it's like I put an extra 10 horsepower, uh, horsepower on my car. Okay, great. Now you're at the same point that UA was five years ago, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Everybody's, it, everybody's playing catch-up. Yeah, and the thing is, UVA, it's not like as if UVA is slowing down. They're still adding. They're still adding. They're still adding. So you would have to really go out of your way just to surpass them. So it's really hard to debate the fact that, like, maybe UVA might lose it next year. Yes, there might be a point where they just, they have to lose it, but... I don't know if it's going to be anytime soon. So, looking at the other end of the table, a ton of games today alone. This is, we are we are recording this uh, Wednesday night. We are going to have David uh, Fonte on later from Milan Cl- Club Philadelphia, completing our, our Philadelphia trifecta. Uh, that's it. That's it. Can't wait. Show. And um, so we're going to leave that the Milan talk to, to him after. Um, so a lot of games today. So the top seven, uh, we know who the top seven are. Uh, we know Napoli's going to finish in 7th. We know Milan's going to finish in 6th. We know Roma's going to finish in 5th. And then Inter, Atalanta, Lazio, uh, they have, you know, just just the seeding really is left to play for in the last match day. But the important yeah. game is Sunday, or the important games are Sunday with uh, Genoa, Verona, and Lecce against Parma, the relegation game, Genoa. So I, I, I messaged uh, Fabrizio from Genoa Club Canada, um, after uh, after their their loss, brutal loss against uh, Sassuolo, 
you know, I, I asked him, you know, how, what does it feel like being a Genoa fan right now? He said, you know, it's frustrating because last year Preziosi said they're not going to have another season where they battle relegation all the way until the last match day. Well, surprise, surprise, here they are <laughs> battling relegation all the way until, until the last match day. A year ago, yeah. they played a friendly, pretty much a friendly with Fiorentina. They they played out to a draw. Um, that allowed each of those teams to stay up if Inter had beaten Empoli, which they did. But it would have been interesting if Empoli scored a goal at the end. They hit the post. You got to feel bad for Empoli. Uh, honestly, I'm hoping Lecce st- stays up. I said it two weeks ago. I think Genoa is a team that I think they need to go down to shake things up. Um, you know, even just the season, it, it would suck. They're an historic team. You're going to lose a derby, but you know, it's going to be interesting. We just hope Verona doesn't let them go off, off easily because Genoa does have the advantage. Johnny, who do you think stays up? Um, if I'm going to have to take a shot here, I mean, there's pros and cons to both. Lecce has got Mancosu, who's like almost in the top 10 of scoring. Uh I don't know, man. I I just have a feeling it's going to be Lecce that's going to end up going down, and I think Genoa's just yeah. going to stay up by the skin of their teeth. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with that. I think um, I'm pretty sure uh, I had. I mean, I had said it before, but you know, when Nick was saying, you know, the whole his, historic thing with Genoa, that aura around the, the club, I think for me, I would pull a bit of heartstrings, and you know, that would it would suck to see them go down and. Uh, I think Lecce, and, and it's no knock to Lecce. I mean, obviously, you know, their first season back up in Serie A, uh, you know, it wasn't going to be easy. Uh, I think, you know, as of late, Liverani, uh, you know, has proven, you know, some some worth uh, with this club. And, um, you know, I, I don't think it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, a lost season. It, you know, it's a big experience for Lecce. And I think if they do go down, who knows? Maybe they can come back up quickly and, and, and prove their worth once again. But I still think, you know, luck, or a bit of luck might be on still on Genoa's side, and 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 they'll and they'll stay up uh, once again. And uh, but you know what? If it's not this season, maybe next season. Who knows where Genoa's gonna fall? Uh, you know. But uh, this wake up call that we've been talking about here on the podcast, I think, needs to happen for Genoa too. I, I would agree with that. And uh, if it's not this season, maybe next. But uh, it, it definitely has to happen soon. So uh, heading into the into this last um, match day, uh, there's really you know besides that besides. You know the uh, final the classification seating. of the top four. Yeah. Some mid-table teams. It's actually pretty tight in the mid-table between uh, Fiorentina at 46, 10th place, and uh, Caledi at 45 and 13th place. I mean, that's just you know for pride. You may maybe make a bit of extra money, um, but you know these teams that really have nothing left to play for. Considering it's a short turnaround for for next season, do you think they? they could start looking at these games as kind of like exhibition or preseason games for, for next year. Definitely. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think, I think they, if they're smart, these clubs, you know, obviously we saw it with, uh, uh, you know, the Juve or Cagliari, Cagliari Juve game today, you know, Juve had, you know, obviously a, a weaker lineup, uh, if, if you can say, and, and, you know, these guys got these experiences. How many times have we said on this podcast, you know, that these younger players gain experiences in Serie A, in big moments, in or in just, you know, in you know, in a in a game, you know, is is so crucial for these young players to develop. And uh, I, you know, I don't know if it's gonna, if you want to call it exhibition, if you want to put that tag onto it, because you know, it, it still is, it still is a real match, and I still think you know, teams should take stuff seriously, no matter if you know things are already uh, set in stone. But uh, I, I you know, I think you know, you will see obviously a, a more of a rotation and. 
I think you know they, they need to because you know if if this five substitution is gonna is gonna stay for next year, uh, you know with the short turnaround uh, going on to you know next season, I, I think you know you need some rest and you need some playing time for some other players. So a healthy balance, I think, uh, is the way to go forward. Um, for me, like the only thing I just like it's weird is that the, the amount of points that separate the 18th place to uh, 10th place, just as an example, is 11 points, right? So yeah. just because these teams are mid-table, you're not, you don't have that much of a gap from being one of the bottom three teams. So here's the thing. I would say play the Primavera just to showcase your youth or whatnot so that you probably have some talent to sell and then reinvest that into uh, some temporary fixes into places that you need help in and whatnot. Because... These mid-table teams, no matter how much money you invest into your roster, there's no way. Well, you could probably crack into the top six, but to get into the top four, it's it's near impossible unless you do it solely like what Atalanta did, where they just carefully got their pieces one by one. Um, because just because, oh, okay, we're for example, Fiorentina, tenth place, you know, we're good. You're 11 points away from being relegated, even though it's not going to happen. It's still a risk. So. Yeah. Either A, you play your young rosters just to see maybe these guys are solution or internal our solutions internally. We can find somebody right away. Or B, maybe show off a, a good player or two, have a, one of the top teams, whether it's in Italy or in another country. Oh, maybe we can get another 15, 20 million, 20 million plus for this player. Sure, we'll flip him and then we'll use that money, get more of a vet, but somebody that can help address certain needs right away. Yeah, no, that's I, the way I'm I think, thinking of it. I also, Johnny, I also you should take control. Not, you go, you should take control of a city A team, yeah, or, <laughs> or even a city B team and bring them up or something. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I still think it go. It, it that still falls back onto the you know the, what you were saying, Johnny. You know the the level of comfort in that mid table. These teams know they're not going to go down. That's the problem. That's the mentality yeah. that they have. They know, okay, you know, I'm comfortable at 10th, 11th, 12, 15, whatever the position is, and they know they're not going to go down. They know they're not going to go to Europe. They know they're just going to stay in Serie A and, you know, uh, we have to fight another day. So uh, I still think that's kind of where that conversation, you know, drives towards. And obviously the conversation with how many teams should be in the Serie A. But, uh, but yeah, the level of comfort, I think, is, uh, is a big, you know, factor in, uh, in that conversation. So uh, looking forward to next season, teams are releasing their new kits. We're going to go on a fashion segment now. That's it. Uh, yes. Roma, Roma had a lot of people talking. Gianni, are you familiar with the new kits? it's beautiful you like both of them i mean i love both of them don't get me wrong i like the whole lightning bolt design too it's very david bowie-esque when they announced it that's what that was their one of their intentions and i love the idea because i love david bowie but this new look it's like a vintage 70s look with the uh red and orange the home kit and the away kit the collar is spot on bro oh my god bro (laughs) i I might have to buy a roman kit next year Yo, I gotta say, like, you know, we're not Roma fans, but I, I saw when I saw the uh, the away kit because for me personally, I like the away kit a bit more than uh, yeah. the home kit, if I could be yeah. honest. Um, but yo, the the white kit, I was even talking when the, the game was on before, hoping for a Torino result, but not even that <laughs> they could have done us. But uh, but no, honestly, honestly, beautiful. Uh, it could just clean, you know, clean. Yeah. Uh, Roma doing a good job with that. The color, uh, you know, uh, Roma, the English uh, Roma club English. Uh, what was it? Uh, their, their, their English page on Twitter, you know, posting all kinds of great stuff. So, I don't know. It was just, for me, clean, simple, beautiful. Honestly, the, the Roma home kit, when I first saw it, I thought it was really cool, like a nice vintage look. But then, but then when they wore yeah. it on the weekend, 
don't know. It, it looked like it didn't have a personality to it. Like, it was just lines on the shirt. It, there was nothing that stuck out about it. I don't know. It was you, su- you, you, think, you support a team that has black and white stripes as their uniform. You want to talk about personality on a jersey? <laughs> well, that's, that's the whole point of our shirts. And have you, have you, seen, have you seen Juve shirt this year? It's actually, it's actually really okay. nice. Okay, but you now like they, the one they coming just, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they uh, did, I don't know. There's they did change it up this year. They did yeah. change it up a bit. Yeah. But I get that. But normally, the standard Juventus shirt was black, white, black, white for like what <laughs> yeah, years what and years yeah, and years classic. on end. Yeah. Napoli jerseys have always been trying different designs. I think one of my favorite, uh, not Napoli, Roma jerseys. When I say, well, Napoli too is a different confused subject. Between your two teams. Sorry. That's the problem. Napoli jerseys too. Let's just let's just not. We'll go. That's another topic for another day in terms of their jerseys. But Roma jerseys, like they have many different designs. Like one of my favorite was the Mazda one from like '03, when they had like it was with, with the Mazda sponsorship. It was from Diadora, and they had the nice like orange like trim on the on the sleeve and whatnot. And yeah. it was like different lines. But they always they always like to try out different things, and that's what I love about Roma jerseys. They just um for me there there's always like it, it, like it def- each one can kind of define a season and i think for this one i think they're trying to um try to make a callback to some of the more older fans so yeah. to speak uh and i think they're, they're trying they're trying to buy into like they're trying to buy into the retro crowd and you know what uh it's not bad like i said it's a very 70s-esque look the home jersey with the color yeah. scheme of it yeah and uh, and and that that goes beyond saying for the the away kit. The away kit is obviously when you have a collar on a soccer jersey, you're already uh, calling towards the retro jersey. So, but but you have to make the sure the collar is done right. And I and yeah. I do think you know they yeah. they did do it. They did do it right because you see sometimes these collars on some of these jerseys, they just flimsy or it's just you know it doesn't look good. You know, but I gotta say from an outsider's perspective, uh, you know the Milan fan I am, uh, you know very very nice. Uh, also, you know Lazio. Uh, took out their kits, uh, showed off their kits today, uh, and I gotta say another clean jersey. I I, I liked it. Um, you know, just simple, uh, simple, but it looked good. Again, there uh, I think a bit of a color. Uh, you know, they had a little touches in the color as well with the, like the white, whatever. It just looked good for me too. Uh, I, I gotta say I, I was a fan. A thing I'm not too sure about is is, is this lettering and number business in the back. I, I don't know how oh, I, I feel it. about it yet, but I love yeah, it. I. I, I I don't. I, I'm. I'm kind of mixed emotions on it, to be honest with you. But uh, I got maybe I got to see it on the Milan kit uh, in action uh, to see what that uh, is all about. You like the Milan kit? Yeah, man. I, I think you know. I, I've heard you know it, it works better in person than, than on the pictures that you see. Uh, you know, Presidente Marcello back here, Milan Club Marcello has been been hounding us to say that. But uh, yeah, no, I I, I do like it. I do. Uh, I, I'm a bit of a better, you know, I like the, the thinner stripes more than the thicker stripes, if I got to be honest with yeah. you, uh, in, in, in Milan kits. But you know what? I think they did put a different touch on this, you know, obviously inspired by uh, the Galleria in Milano. So uh, I got to see it in person. I can't wait to buy it because I, I know I will. And, uh, you know, I, I do like that they're kind of going outside the box and, uh, you know, making something something unique uh, for, fans to, for fans to enjoy. So. Um, if you know if Kaka can get back onto the field because I saw him rocking it, uh, I think we would be all set. But uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I don't know about Montelio, but we can leave him out and, and maybe even Nocciorino. I, I don't he know, was, but he was not bad in 2012, Montelio. Yeah, it's yeah, you know, just to poke fun, but no, no, clean jerseys all, all around so far. I, I can't wait to see uh, the rest of the city at launch uh, their kits. I love that about soccer every year, it's a uh, new jersey, oh, it, it's like a, it's like an obsession, <laughs> and, and we get us, sucked in. 
and we got sucked in. Oh, I, and I and I have no problem saying, you know, I'm 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 guilty of that stuff, oh, bro. I don't fucking care, man. It, it's <laughs> it, it's just it's it's beautiful. Okay, um, so let's do cards and MVPs before we have David on. Um, I'll start with the MVP just because we haven't so- uh, talked about him. I don't know if you guys wanted to take him, Chiro Immobile. Three goals on the weekend against uh, Verona. One more today against Brescia. But t- today was weird. It, you could tell the whole game Lazio was just purposely playing to get the ball to him. And, you know, it wasn't natural. It, it was f- so forced. He only scored one goal at the end. Um, he, obviously, I think he could have had more. He had quite a few chances. But now 35 goals on the season. He could tie Higuain's record where Higuain set the record in his hometown of Napoli. Um, too bad no fans are going to be there what? to see it. But, you know, yeah. it, it is going to be a tough game still. But I, I, I think he could set the record. I mean, he did score the hat trick against Verona. What a what a game! I mean, still was two penalties, but you know, not not his fault. He he starts to score them, so uh, he's got my MVP of the week, Chiro Immobile. Immobile looking to curl it. That is stunning, and that is now number thirty-three for him. If the penalty was a formality, that took some finishing. And by the way, I did have a honorable mention for this. It's Napoli's offside trap. <laughs> it worked. It worked, worked four hey. times. Yeah. Yo, I yeah, I don't know, man. I if I was, uh, yo, that that does that deserved to be picked. Uh, you know, we posted it on our story, and you just saw it all over. Uh, that biting of the biting of the hand. I don't know how he didn't rip off that crisp black tee that he always rocks on the on, on the touchline. Uh, I I would have I would probably from H&M. if I was him. But oh no, this guy. I don't know. He's yo one. One manager, you gotta say this guy's always with that crisp black tee, uh, looking sharp as ever. And you know his team, you know his team backs it up too. But, uh, but yeah, we going. We really talk uh, a lot, go, of, guess, a lot uh, of fashion next... here on the Calcio guys. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I guess this week's uh, the fashion segments uh, on the show. But uh, for me, MVP, uh, I saw who Giant took, so I'm not gonna go that direction. I'm gonna no, go actually, for his boy you... though. I'm gonna go for... No, no, I'm going to go for your boy. I want to go for your boy, Federico right. Chiesa. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were going to go for him, but when I saw what you wrote, I was like, okay, I guess I'll go for, for Chiesa, Freddie Church. I actually, uh, I actually changed it because I wanted to give you a chance to do uh, your boy. But it's okay. okay, well, I guess we're going to have you no know, roles reversed today. But, uh, it's it's yeah. all right, so go with Chiesa. I'm okay with yeah. that. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so Chiesa, obviously today, uh, talking about hat-tricks, he, you know, he scored himself a hat-trick as well. Uh, I believe it's the first. It was posted. I think Opta had posted the first uh, Fiorentina Italian uh, Fiorentina player since Aquilani. I think it was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, to score a hat trick in the game. So uh, you know, you know, say what you want. Again, we're gonna bring this up again. Say what you want. The flack, the inconsistencies. Uh, you know, when when he does well, I think you know he should be praised. Uh, you know, this week uh, or this t- today actually. Uh, you know, it was it was the Chiesa show and. Uh, you know, three uh, three goals in a game is, is nothing to you know you know snuff. So uh, for me this week, uh, Federico Chiesa gets uh, my MVP nod. Danny. Uh, well, yeah, because uh, I'm gonna go with Zlatan Ibrahimovic. The man, ever since uh, he came on to Milan, he's like we've said it many times before, and we'll say it again. Phenomenal player, and I think that he's a very key player for the team going forward. He had what was it? Two goals, two assists, or an assist, uh, an assist today? Goals, two goals, one assist. Yeah. Two goals, one assist today, and yeah. which is very big for Milan because they're still keeping on trying to fight for the top six, even trying to go maybe if they they could have squeezed a fifth place spot. It's no longer possible, but it's not a big deal for them. The fact that they they're still in the top six is what they wanted, especially with the way the season started for them. 
And uh, I mean, like, if I just take a look at the top scores, if I just give me five seconds, because my computer is being a little bit slow. <laughs> uh, the guy in uh, where where are you? Where are you? The, the fact that hold on, it was like 15 games. He's got like what 11 goals now? No nine. He's no, he's nine, nine goals. goals. Yeah, nine goals. Seven, he, he, nine goals. In 17 games, even if we were to just, let's say, you played the entire season and you have 18 goals, and that would put him promptly up into the top 10 of the league, tied for fifth with Luis Muriel. Not if as good as Chicho Caputo, were... though. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean, considering his age and considering for what he's working with, it's pretty good. Yeah, no, it is. And I think honorable – I want to just try, uh, you know, honorable mentions. Uh, Berardi, another name I wanted to, to, to talk about. Uh, you know, we talked about Sassuolo just now, and – you brought up for me. Uh, you brought up Caputo. You brought it. You know, uh, Berardi is another name. Uh, I think he's been having a, a great season. Di Carmine for Hellas. Uh, another another game. Two goals for him. You know, we don't speak about these players enough. Uh, Ras- Raspadori also for Sassuolo got on the uh, got on the score sheet if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, a, a lot of different uh, goal scorers. Um, I think what was it? Lukaku too. No, not today. Not uh, not this week. Uh, well, it was uh, a last uh, the weekend. On the, on the weekend, exactly. Goals. He he had he had two goals. So uh, a lot of these players, you know, putting in big performances uh, to round off this season, and uh, just want to give them honorable mentions. So let's do our cards now. So again, I'll I'll, I'll start it off. So um, Altero Martinez, he did score a nice goal on the weekend, or sorry, yeah. yesterday against Atalanta. He's gonna go for goal yeah. himself. Sweet hit. From Lautaro Martinez, and that is now the best goal-scoring season of his career. So he scored a great goal, and I don't know if you saw his celebration, but his celebration was this, like the hand signal, like, uh, like yeah, keep, keep talking, keep talking, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this guy, this guy shouldn't be doing that. This guy, he did that in Napoli game he, too. He's oh. he's proven to be one of the most overrated players in the city, in my opinion. Oh. 110 million, oh. 110 oh. million. Guys, yeah, no. You guys, you guys know how many goals he has? He has uh, what? Ten? No, I don't think I'm talking stupid. Uh, how much does he have? Ten? Fourteen? Eleven? He has fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. Okay. Fourteen tied okay. with Marco Mancozu, who played in the City AB last year. Five but less. Uh, sorry, seven less than our friend Chicho Kabuto played in the City AB two years ago. Uh, 110 million for this guy is absolutely no. It's it. No. He shouldn't be doing that. I. You know, you know, he knows he's struggling. He knows he's the second striker on this team. Lukaku's Lukaku's their star, and he's he's doing that in a game. It's so it's useless. Uh, yellow card for me. This is definitely going to be another yellow. You guys. Um, well, my yellow card. Let me bring up the stats. Yeah, is uh, a wonderful stat brought up by everything Napoli on Twitter. Uh, my yellow card is to Napoli's offense for the entire season. Uh, prior to today's games, because there's other teams involved with the stats, Napoli has had 630 shots on goal, which is most in the league, but only with 58 goals, which is a 9.2 conversion rate, 9.2% conversion rate. Only Udinese and Spal have a worse conversion rate than Napoli and Serie A. Just to give you guys a perspective, uh, Juventus has 560 shots, but 75 goals, which is 13.4%. And Atalanta, 581 shots with 98 goals with 16.9% conversion. And it's if you're one of the top teams, you can't have less than 10% like that, or else you're not going to be going anywhere. So Napoli's offense get a yellow card. And one of the best things about this tweet is that somebody underneath that stat tagged Edison Cavani's Twitter account <laughs> as a reply. 
It's a late challenge, surely maybe the first yellow of the match. So, Adri, you're, you're the last card. Yeah, so for me, uh, I guess, I don't know. My, my heart wants to say red, but I guess I'll just give it a yellow. Just um, For me, the game, uh, you know, just well finished not too long ago, I guess, uh, uh, between Torino and Roma. Uh, Gigi, or however you want to pronounce his name, uh, that stupid foul in the box to, to take Jekyll down to, to, to draw the penalty. Uh, what a what a reckless, not reckless, just bonehead donkey play, however you want to call it. Uh, we like to say that now, but uh, yeah, I don't know, just you know, terrible decision making on, on that play. Like, yeah, okay, you're going for the ball. Uh, you know, it's in the box. It's it, it's a risky risky tackle to make or to attempt at least. And he didn't get the ball after all. And he you know he took Jekyll down and uh, Diawada you know you know uh, con- converted the penalty. So. Uh, yeah, just for me, GG there, total, you know, reckless or bad decision making on that on that play. Uh, for me, merits uh, merits a yellow card this week. And uh, he now sees a flash of yellow before his eyes. So team week, no red cards. Yeah, yeah not too, <laughs> nothing too crazy, nothing too crazy. So coming up, we'll have David Fante from uh, Milan Club. Philadelphia. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's Caputo and Juricic could be in here. The flag goes up. Hamid Traore could be in here. And there's a chance for Juricic. Sassuolo a level. The goal doesn't stand for Sassuolo. Traore slightly offside. Space for Traore and Caputo could be in for the equaliser. Never in doubt, was it? Chicho Caputo just can't stop scoring. Unbelievable. Three times tonight, Sassuolo have had a goal ruled out for offside. Now Caputo and Berardi. This time they are level. VAR, I don't believe this. This is almost becoming farcical. Chicho Caputo, the man. The wrong side of the last defender. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What a terrific strike that is! Welcome back to the Calcio Guys. You just heard Circles by Jazar and uh, joining us all the way from Philadelphia, a long awaited. Uh, guest is David Fonte from Milan Club Philly. Uh, David, how's it going? It's going great, guys. Thanks so much for having me tonight. No problem. Oh, man, and, I'm uh... fucking stoked. I'm, I'm stoked. <laughs> Presidente from Philly, finally on. It's, it's long awaited, and and I can just I couldn't be happier. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you, Adriano. I'm David, excited what... to be here too. It's been a long time coming. So yeah, exactly. What, what uh, we so... do with uh, what we do with all of our guests first? I want to ask you, how did you become a Milan fan? Uh, for me, it was after the 2006 World Cup. Uh, before then, from like 1990, is when I really started following Calcio in general. Uh, and it was more about the national team at that point. So I kind of uh, got the bug, thanks to Paolo Maldini, who uh, I absolutely loved from the Italian Avanta tournament. And uh, after that, it was, you know, either the, the World Cup or the European Cup every two years going by. And finally, 2006, uh, Italy wins the World Cup. Uh, Fox Soccer Channel is easily available, and so you know I'm able to watch. Being really excited about the the national team win, I'm getting to watch uh, uh, club teams every week. So I figured, okay, who are my favorite players from the national team? And it was easily Gattuso and Nesta and uh, and Zaghi and Pirlo and all of that. And so it was kind of a an easy choice for me to follow Milan from that point on. And it's it's no turning back since then. So quickly turning to, to this year's Milan. So they just played Atalanta and Sampdoria. In the, the first yeah. in the first games against these two teams, they lost 5 nothing to Atalanta and tied Sampdoria 0-0. Fast forward 7-8 months later, 1-1 uh, draw against Atalanta, a 4-1 win at Sampdoria. Is that the perfect example of the way they've turned around this season? Absolutely. And, I, you know, I think if you had asked me uh, towards the beginning of the restart, I would have been a lot less confident about those two matches. But I think uh, you know they played a they played a couple matches in, and they were they were on a hot streak. And then it got to be four, five, six matches where you know they're they're not dropping any. Well, they're not they're not losing. You know, they, we had a couple draws in there, but they're scoring goals, they're winning, they're playing the best football that they played in the past couple of years, in my opinion. Uh, so when it came time to to actually play Atalanta, I was actually. I was pretty confident about it. I mean, you know, I, I knew that we would uh, we would have to work hard and be a challenge to to win the match. But I think they went in there, and it was uh, absolutely respectable against one of the hottest sides in uh, in the league right now. So yeah, between that draw and today's win, it's like to me, it's more than just a hot streak. It's it's really a sign of of some significant change that's taken place, and hopefully, it's something they could carry into the next season with them. No, absolutely, Dave. I think I think you said it right, and I think you know that example. 
that Nick brought up um, is, is, you know, it speaks volumes to to what has happened. We've seen the ups and downs this season for sure, and everything in between. Um, where do you see? Um, so the question that we wanted to ask is, where, like, where do you see that line? Uh, you know, what, who has done the most, or what has been the, the main factor for for this for this Milan side's uh, resurgence, if you want to call it that? Has it been Zlatan's uh, arrival? Uh, has it been, you know, uh, the trust they put in Pioli? Is it Suso leaving, uh, Piontek leaving? Uh, what, what do you make of of what's gone on uh, this season so far? Well, I think I think the two factors not just from the restart, but the two factors that uh, at least since the midway point of the season where Donnarumma's kind of continued uh, just high level and high standard of playing. I think he's, he's saved Milan a lot of times and I don't, I don't see how they move forward without him. So Donnarumma's consistency, I think has been helpful all season long. Bringing Zlatan in just instantly changed the, the demeanor of the entire team. And I think that's critical. And, you know, I mean, I, I read, uh, the critics on on Twitter and social media all the time talking about like you have a 38 year old guy you're really going to expect him to play another season. Well, he you know whether he's scoring or whether he's setting somebody up or even if he's on the bench, he's constantly there. Like it's it's not just about the data and the results. It's about what he means to the team from a leadership level. You know what I mean? He's got the intangibles that there are very few players in the world that have the kind of the 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 impact on a team that somebody like Zlatan would have. So uh, for me, it's the two of them. I would say since the restart, though, uh, I, I think Kessie is phenomenal and Hakan has just been has been amazing. So I think the two of those guys, yeah. along with a couple of the others, but those two especially, I think, need to be pointed out as, as kind of a real sign of, uh, of the turnaround. Yeah, it's crazy. Hakan went from pylon to player uh, in about six, seven months. For you know, sure. with, with, yeah. with that pause, I don't know, man, he... Literally went from Pylon that we were calling him uh, to to an actual player, and it's it's surprising to see. I, I gotta say, I was shocked uh, personally to to see that uh, to see that turnaround, and hopefully, you yeah. know, it's here to, it's here to stay. And I think you know something. Somebody like him, it's it's okay to be critical if you're fair, right? That, that's yeah. the way I see it. Like if somebody if somebody deserves criticism, it's okay to criticize as long as you know you're talking about the performance and it doesn't get personal yeah. and anything like that in, in anything. Um, and he's somebody that a lot of people just, they criticized him both professionally and personally as well. And I think now he's starting to show like what he's really capable of. So I, I hope that this is the Hakan that we continue with into the future, because right now he's, he's hot and nobody can say anything about it. You know, good for him. Yeah. He proved the haters wrong. So that's it. Uh, I got more of a fun question coming up right now, uh, from our good friend, Jan on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's like, if David, if you could pick one album. To represent how this Milan season unfolded, which one would you choose? So I saw I saw Jan's question earlier today, so I had a little bit of time to think about it. And I keep going back to my first instinct, and I hope Jan's not disappointed with it. But I have <laughs> to say, it's it's Tommy by the Who, and it not the not the studio recording, but the movie soundtrack where you have like all the guest stars kind of coming in. But it's uh, <laughs> if you guys aren't familiar with the album. It kind of starts out, you know, on on a sad sort of depressing note to set the story up. It's it's a, a rock opera where uh, Tommy is, you know, his dad dies in World War Two. Uh, he's got some trauma and he's, you know, he's blind. Uh, he's deaf and, and he's mute. So he's not able to uh, to communicate with anybody. So he's pr- practically a vegetable. His mom remarries. All these weirdos come into his life. And then all of a sudden he starts playing pinball and he becomes like this cult idol. Right. 
And towards the end, it just keeps building and building and building. And then it's like the huge finale. He could finally see, he can hear, he can speak and that kind of thing. And so that's how I see Milan's trajectory. We started out like down here and we just kind of kept going and going and going up until the big grand finale. So I didn't know Pinball Wizard was on that album. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. You learn something and new if, every if day. You, <laughs> so if you like if you like Pinball Wizard, make sure you listen to the, the movie soundtrack version of it because Elton John is actually singing. And I love Roger Daltrey, but Elton John comes on and he just like he tears it apart. It's really of amazing. course, it's Sir Elton John. Well, well <laughs> exactly. Why right. would you complain? <laughs> uh, oh boy, my dog starts barking now. Oh man, wow. this CK, is what CK. happens. This is what happens. Okay, he wants to get in on the questioning. <laughs> you guys, you guys do the next question. I'm gonna get him out of here. Perfect. Um, so, 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 Dave. Um, Obviously, you know, you know, we've seen different players emerge. You know, you spoke about Hakan. You spoke about, uh, you know, other players. Frank the Tank obviously yeah. has been, you know, second to none. Uh, right. Another player that's kind of flown underneath the radar, per se, I guess you can say, uh, is Kyer or Kajar, however the hell you want to pronounce his mm-hmm. damn last name, uh, partnering up with Romagnoli. Uh, yeah. What do you make of what do you make of his his uh, season with Milan so far? Uh, do you agree with? Uh, you know, them signing him on a permanent uh, deal for that, you know, I think it was what, three or 3.5 mil. Um, yeah. And is he, and was he, is he the partner that, you know, can elevate uh, Romagnoli's game and just the whole package? What, what do you make of uh, Simon Kier? Absolutely. I think, uh, I think first of all, he was a bargain, absolute bargain. And I never expected somebody like him to come in and make the impact that he has made. So uh, yeah. I personally, I think we need more of those kind of veteran presence, presences, Right on the team, yeah. uh, Romagnoli's good, but I think he still has a lot to learn from Kiar. Particularly, you know, he's got the burden of being a defender, but he also has the burden of being the captain on there. And I think he's still growing into that role. I don't think he's a hundred percent there yet, but uh, hopefully, uh, Kiar can take uh, some of the pressure off of him. And I think I think they've done a, they've made a great partnership so far, um, and not just for Romagnoli. I think for the entire team as well. So legs lots on you know, having a more experienced player to kind of guide these guys, like to, to, to help them. I mean, there's, you have your pressure on the, on the pitch and then you have your pressure off the pitch as well. And like in everyday life. And I think an example of that is like somebody like Leao commenting about Pioli's uh, remarks on social media. You know, I think if there were more veteran players, like there used to be in the days of of uh, Costa Curta and Gattuso and everything like that, stuff like that would never have happened. It would have been like, you know, Never. snubbed out early on because you have veterans who are really guiding these guys and setting them up to be the next generation of leaders. So I think uh, Kiar was an absolute godsend. And at three or three point five million for to get him on the team, you couldn't have asked for anything more. It was fantastic. So my my dog is out of here. So I'm ready to ask ask the question. <laughs> so it's Let's from uh, from uh, your friends at the Milan Club Boston. Um, yeah, what's, beautiful. You know, Nick. They asked, what's the one thing that surprised you the most being uh, being one of the weirdest seasons ever? Something that surprised me the most being one of the weirdest seasons ever. Uh, I think what surprised me the most was really how they turned it around. You know, I mean, we're talking about, you know, we, we had some success after after the midway point before the shutdown. Um but I never expected them to come out of the gate the way they did. Uh, so for me, that was the biggest surprise that they were actually able to gel as a team, that they actually had some chemistry, that they were able to uh, to to put together a string of of really positive results. And that that's it's 
I just, if you had told me back in, in January that we'd end up with, you know, playing the last 10 matches of the season, the way we have, I never would have believed it. So that's what surprised me the most. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, I, I've, I mean, I've said it on, on our podcast, you know, before, before the beginning of this month, uh, and, and the guys can probably vouch. If Milan can get out of July alive, I, that's what I said. Uh, it would be a miracle uh, yep. to see that they, you know, they played the Romas, the Lazio, the Juve's, the Atalantas. Uh, these are, all, uh, you know, these are all the Napoli's. Uh, these are all teams in and around, you know, their, you know, their position in the table or higher. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know what? They did get out of that. They did get out of July, uh, you know. Alive, uh, alive and well, I would say, and uh, I would totally agree with you, Dave. Uh, you know, it's a total yeah. shock. Uh, and going also back to the Hakan thing, I, I think that was for me personally was another shock uh, to see. Again, I'll say it again: Pylon, the player, uh, he really did a, a, a 180. I guess him and him and Zlatan rolling back to years to to Nocerino and Zlatan. I don't know if people <laughs> like to pinpoint that, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I would totally agree with you. Yeah, and shout out to Nick and uh, the boys in Boston there. They're That's a great it. club, and I'm so happy that like we finally had some uh, some friends up in Boston now. It's a long time coming, and I'm really glad that uh, he picked up the mantle and and started a club up there. So I know, beautiful, from, from beautiful, young, young up and coming, and uh, can't wait to see what they got uh, for the future. Yep. Uh, so we got another question from uh, Massimo uh, Schipani. I believe he's part of Milan Club Montreal. Yes, uh, sir. Who who's the most disappointing player since the restart and who surprised you the most? I think for me, the most disappointing has been, uh, I think, uh, Paqueta, you know, I, I, I still have hopes that Paqueta could turn into, you know, what I think he's capable of. Um, I don't think he's gotten so much opportunity, uh, but I also think there's probably a reason for it. You know, I think uh, Pioli has to has to pick the the players that he thinks are going to make the most impact out on the pitch. And uh, for as much as Paqueta was hyped, or for as much as you know, in certain spots during the season he can he can show what he's made of. Uh, I think there's uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of growing that he has to do. And you know, I wish him the best, but I, I was a little bit disappointed with with him and his lack of a presence on the on the team this season. Uh, next question that we got coming up from Milan Obsession. Uh, what do you think of the latest news on the stadium project? They are expected to choose one of the plans soon, and which one do you prefer, Populous or the Manic slash Sportium one? So shout out to uh, to Elaine and Milan Obsession there with her uh, <laughs> blog and podcast. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I'm an architect, and I actually oh, at, yeah, at no. one point yeah. one point in my career I actually did a little bit of stadium work. So this is something that I'm really interested in, and. Uh, uh, we actually, uh, I did a podcast through the Milan Club Montreal with Daniel Caramanias from Milan Club Sydney, uh, who's an architect as well, great guy, and forget it was up like, you know, it was late at night for me, early in the morning for him, but uh, <laughs> that's, uh, if you had time, check that out, so a little plug there. But uh, for me, in terms, so I split up the stadium, and I split up uh, from the project, like the surrounding area, right, the the other development, let's call it. Uh for the stadium itself, I like the populist design. That's the cathedral uh, versus the other design, which is the rings. Um, there's something I really love about just the square shape. I think it's very different. I think it's very Italian. I think it's very distinct and very unique to, to Milan itself, to Milano. Um, and so th- that for me, I, I really hope is the one that they go with. If they select the other one, 
I think they're both great designs, but my preference is, is the cathedral in terms of the outside development though. Like they're, they're doing different things, trying to maintain at least part of the existing San Siro to be what it is. Um, and from the renderings that we saw, I think I prefer the development that the, um, that the other scheme, the ring scheme is doing. So I would take the populous stadium and I would put it with the landscape and development design of the other project. Um, and I say that because it's more about green space. It's more about uh, landscape activities. I think if you're going to not use the San Siro as a stadium and convert it to be something else, I don't really buy what they were trying to do in the populist scheme. You know what I mean? I think it's just, it's trying to, to satisfy uh, a segment of the population where, you know, it's really, somebody's got to make a really hard decision that not, that's not going to be a popular decision, you know? And I think they're, they're kind of towing the line and hopefully my guess is that they want a new stadium to be something that's world-class and people kind of forget about the other one. Cause the thing is you build the new one first before you tear the existing one down. So there's going to be a time that they're both coexisting together on the same site. Makes it quicker, makes it a, a little less expensive, I think to do it that way, but uh, it, it's, they don't have to play somewhere else and, or shut down the stadium in its entirety for construction. So yeah, I don't know. It just it seems like it's it, it's it's one of these things with this with the stadium. The, oh, there's rumors. Oh, there's this. And I mean, Dave, you probably know better, but way better than us that what's actually goes behind the scenes of all this stuff. And um, you know, I don't know. What, what, whatever decision they do, I, I hope they do make the right one. They would, you know, it yeah. suck to. I mean, I don't know. For me, San Siro, you know, me and Nicholas got the chance to go in, the, in December before this whole pandemic dream come true. Uh, and it would just be a shame to, you know, lose that, uh, you know, yeah. Escala de Calcio, as they say. But I don't know. Uh, it I just seems what, it just seems like it's it's always in the news, and we're not too sure what's yeah. gonna what's gonna go on. I love the building. I think it's iconic. You know what I mean? But it just it does not match the modern stadium type yeah. that a lot of other teams that are very successful and making a hell of a lot more money than Milan are, uh, yeah. it doesn't live up to those standards. So it's, it's, you gotta, you gotta either, you know, suck it up and just renovate the whole thing or build from scratch. So yeah, I hope, uh, I hope they make the right decision for them. I'll miss the San Siro, but at the same time, you know, my heart tells me that, you know, this, keep the San Siro, but at the same time, my head tells me the right thing to do is really to move on with something new. So. Absolutely. And uh, and talking about you know the future, um, we had a we had a couple of questions actually coming in relatively uh, you know the same topics. So we had questions from uh, General Cup Toronto, uh, Milan Legends Anthony over at MilanLegends.com, uh, Pizza Calcio, our, our, our good friend Pizza Calcio yeah, on, yeah. on Instagram, um, talking about uh, you know next season uh, and and what you know what can come from next season with this Milan side. Um, you know, can they win? Can they first off? Can they get into Champions League? Um, uh, are they able to to win Europa League? And just where will they finish uh, next year uh, under Pioli? That now we know uh, is going to be leading the side. And um, you know, just where do you where where do you see this this Milan team going into next season? Do they do they keep this form uh, that they've had you know since the restart, or is it back to you know square one uh, with this club? I really hope they do keep the form up. I mean, they, they've proven a lot in the, you know, since, since the restart, um, whether they actually do or not anybody's guess, but I'm really happy that the whole Ragnick thing fell through. I was never convinced from the beginning, you know, okay. I, I, I can't 
pretend that I even knew what the guy was about or anything, you know, uh, anything about his past. I, of course, it's all kind of secondhand from what I read, but never, I've never seen it up front, never even knew who the guy was until all the Twitter experts came out and started talking about <laughs> how amazing he is and what he's done in Germany. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, you know, would he have been able to, to do something? Sure. But like anything else, it's going to take time. And, you know, like just seeing what happened with Giampaolo this year, it, somebody at Milan is not going to get that time to do it. And especially with a, a new role where uh, he would have been both the, the manager, the sporting director and, and the coach, um, you know, that's unproven in Italy. And I think uh, there's going to be a whole lot of culture shock that would have been associated with a move like that. So I'm happy that they selected Pioli. Um, you know, I think Pioli is only going to take them so far. I said the same thing about Gattuso when Gattuso became coach. And like, Adriano, you know how much I love Gattuso. Of like, course, the yeah. Guys, the guy's amazing. And I actually thought originally they should have held on to him. Uh, who knows what would have happened. But uh, yeah. I think Pioli's done a real commendable job. I think he's he's gotten the team to kind of understand each other. I think he also had what Gattuso didn't have with Ibra there and a couple other pieces in the puzzle that really started to started to make things happen, like uh, like Teo, you know, uh, really yeah. making an impression with with the matches he's played with uh, with Hakan's now resurgence. Uh, Benacer, I think, has been has been really good this season, and Kessie Phenomenal. has just been blowing it up exactly. So I, I'm going to give Pioli a chance. Um, with the understanding that at some point he could only, you know, he could only take us to a certain level in my opinion. Um, but I think if they come out of the gate next season, the way they have with the, with the restart here, absolutely. We're going to make champions league. Uh, and you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but who knows if we're going to be able, the ones to uh, dethrone Juventus before they get their number 10. <laughs> so you're, um, so you're saying, you're saying, okay. You're saying that, do you, do you think you're, uh, you know, winning your open week is a, is a, a possibility next year? I, you know what? I, I don't know if they're going to take it seriously or not. You know, I, I think Interesting. I think their focus is going to be on uh, really on the on the on the campionato instead of the Europa League. They've even in the past, they never seem to have taken it quite as seriously as I thought maybe they should have. So I think as an organization, they're really going to try like for the Champions League next year. That has to be their goal. And if that means like put it, committing your resources to that and like getting as high in the table as you can, uh, I'm, I'm willing to let the Europa League go if that's what their, their goal is and if it helps them get there. Uh, I mean, like, just to touch upon a bit on the Gattuso thing, like, one of my closest friends is a diehard AC Milan fan, and before he signed with Napoli, I always, like, told him, like, with the results that, that he was getting with the team that he had, I'm like, he, like, he's a decent manager, he's pretty solid, and the players yeah. love to play for him, and... Uh, I mean, I was one of the few people that when you guys let him walk, well, not let him walk, but kind of let him go, I was like, ooh, I don't know if it's going to be a good thing that they do that. But, I mean, it's working out for you guys and for Napoli. I mean, they won the Coppa Italia. They also kind of, like, struggled a bit, too, and they managed to get a turnaround under him. So it seems that he's actually a better manager than a lot of people give him credit for. Yeah. Uh, and just to and, divert a bit from – oh, sorry, go ahead. Can, yeah, can we? Can I just make one more point about that? Of so, course, of course. Gattuso missed the Champions League by one point. Yeah. yeah. One point. Okay. One point translates into a bad call or somebody had an off game and like screwed something up. And like, it's the difference between a tie and a loss. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you can't, you cannot, cannot, no matter what happens throughout the entire length of the season, you cannot put 
that blame on Gattuso. That's one no, point that no, I put no. that squarely on the players because you know what? If somebody had just pushed a little bit harder, maybe one result would have been different and it changes the entire season. The entire that's it. Outcome, and, so. That's it. And on top of it, what, what the tools that he had in his toolbox uh, exactly. to work with is another talking point that was always discussed, uh, you know, with, with Gattuso's season with Milan, because like you said, one point, you know, if I don't know, if Piontek didn't score or whoever, you know, Suso had that off game or, well, he had many off games, but you know and, that and game in particular. Perfect examples. Exactly. Those are two perfect examples. Under exactly. Right. Yep. So that you know, it, it does go. It does go back on that, and you know, uh, what like you know, Johnny has seen now at Napoli with the players that he has at Napoli. You know, you know, they're doing some great things. Obviously, winning the Coppa Italia for Napoli was huge, yep. and you know, Gattuso, being you know the southern guy that he is, he knows the mentality. He you know, the players love to play for him. At the end of the day, yep. he he's one of them as much as you know they are. Yep. You know, like one of you know, like him. So, it's it, Gattuso is one of those guys that you know, wedging off and on the pitch and the manager role. I'm so happy to see that and doing well, yeah, uh, especially here. on Napoli. Uh, Johnny, I, so, hope, I hope you're happy. You're getting me worked up. Am I am I like getting too loud or am I right? <laughs> no, no, no. You're perfect. Usually, I'm the loud one, so uh, it's good to have somebody else that's loud too. Um, no, because uh, um, just to touch upon what you guys were talking about before about maybe even making a uh, Europa League push or a uh, push or trying to win the Campionato. But like um, if you were to do that, obviously Milan needs to probably bolster their roster. And a question from Wash Lifestyle, come, what, they, what they're asking is, uh, well, who are your top five realistic targets to help <laughs> Milan make this kind of push? If you have any in your mind yeah. that you could probably think of. So, so five's a lot, in my opinion. Yeah. But uh... yeah. Wash Lifestyle is uh, is one of our guys from Philadelphia here, and he actually represented us in the in the FIFA tournament that we had uh, a couple months back during the during the lockdown. There, who uh, won so that I, tournament, by the way? Because uh, I remember Jan was telling me about it, and I didn't have it. I was oh, following just for a bit at the it, beginning, and I just lost track of it. But it was a was very it awesome Egypt concept. That, was though. it Egypt that won? Wow, possibly. Possibly, I, but our boy, our boy Sammy did pretty well too. So I don't know. Yeah, he yeah. went to the semis or whatever. I I don't remember, but Sammy, our boy, him, Milko Montreal, he uh, he did the work in that tournament, and Massimo awesome. too. Actually, did very well too. Nice. So I I already responded to uh, Dom, and I said there's no way I could name five because I'm not the guy <laughs> to do that. I, like, I see so many names, and and honestly, I don't know one from the other. I just you know I support my team and. And I love it for that. So I, I, I don't have the time to get mixed up in, in transfer stuff and everything. But but here's what we need to do. I'll, I'll name three names. And two of them are already with the team. You got to renew Donnarumma. You got to renew Ibra. And I think somebody that could help us out is Tonali. Uh, and I, I like I like Tonali um, because I think that um, the from what I've seen in his play, he is somebody that can make an impact on a match. You know, even if the people around him are, are maybe not not firing on all cylinders, uh, he has a way of just kind of making something happen. And I think that uh, our midfield would definitely benefit from him. Like, we've already got something good starting up with, with Kessie and with Benacer. Um, but I think Tonali could be somebody that comes in and, and actually plays a role and grows into the team as well. So, I, I think uh, every team in the city has same same. Seeing the same thing about tonight, right. that's for sure. Uh, Everybody um, wants him. Everybody wants to keep especially him. Especially your neighbors. Yeah, as much yeah, as they can. The, uh, especially the other club in Milan. That, uh, they, they should focus on Messi and leave, leave Tonali to us. Uh, <laughs> <go for it. laughs> there you go. Dave. Javier's making that push. <laughs> Yo, one, 
One last question for you, David. Uh, sure. This is actually a question we got last week on our social media. Moving away from Milan. So uh, it was Tony Fabri. He asked, if you could choose a club in Italy solely based on a city. So I don't know if this means uh, being a fan of that club, playing for the club, like being an owner of the club. For the purpose of our question, let's say being an owner of the club. Be- solely based on the city in Italy, which team would you choose? Solely based on the city, I would I would choose Venezia. Yeah, I don't care what division they're in. Venezia is just like a magical place. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's it's phenomenal. And uh, if if you haven't been there, I hope you do have the chance to get there and see it someday. It's like no other place in the world, and it's uh, it's incredible. I actually the last time we were there, I had hoped to get out to uh, to see a match. You actually have to take. A Vaporetto to get out to the island that the stadium is on. Yeah, Inzaghi yeah, yeah. was the coach at the time. Crazy. Unfortunately, yeah. the timing didn't work out properly. But uh, the owner, I think it's still the same owner, is American too, and so they have a pretty strong social media presence, and uh, they seem to be doing pretty well. So, uh, based on city alone, it's got to be Venezia for me. I went to Venezia when I was in high school for a Euro trip. I think I stopped for gelato four times on that in that city. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, Gianni and Adriano, which uh, which club would you choose? Uh, Adrian, you want to go, go first? Okay, I'll go okay, first. I, go uh, first. <laughs> He's like, uh, you want to go? Nah, you know what? I'll I'll just take I'll, there. I'll, I'll just take no there. Because you said nah. Um, I'll go. I'll I, go. I'll go. I want I want to hear what you want to have to say. I, I would I would go with Napoli. I mean, like three quarters of my family is Napolitan, and it's basically my my heritage, and it's the city's beautiful, and it's just it's right by the water and everything, and there's just so many great sights. Great weather and everything too. The people, yes, the people have their ups and downs, but the city has so much character, and it's one of the. It's I think it's probably the char- the city with the most character in the south. You could ar- and it's you could argue that it's uh, uh, probably the uh, representative for southern Italy in terms of soccer and whatnot. So yeah. uh, for me, like I would be beyond happy if I would be playing for Napoli at some point, or if I would be just because just for that city alone. Adrian. So the, the the new De Laurentiis we got on the show today, but uh, <laughs> that's it. That's it. So um, no, but honestly, you know, Napoli. Those was a good shout. It was it was a question. It was sorry. It was one of the answers that kind of was in, in my head too. You know, Napoli has that kind of that, that, that swagger to them, and uh, you know, the Napoletani people, just you know, fantastic people. Uh, I have an uncle who's Napoletan, so shout out to him, uh, Tio Franco, but. Uh, for me, uh, you know, like I said earlier, we've said it so many times on our podcast. Uh, me and Nicholas were so great, so grateful uh, to be able to go to Italy uh, before you know this whole lockdown, before the whole pandemic, and we got to go to some beautiful cities, some beautiful iconic cities. Uh, so for me, I, I would probably choose uh, Firenze. I would definitely choose Florence. Uh, you know, just a, a beautiful city uh, through and through. Uh, I think the view, I mean, unfortunately, we didn't get to go see a Fiorentina match. That would have been a nice atmosphere to go to. Uh, but maybe next time on, on cultural trip number two. Uh, but but for me, yeah, F- Firenze, Florence, uh, just the city's beautiful. You know, uh, just there's just so much that that city offers that you can't even you can't even you know begin to start this, you know, to say what this city offers. It just it's just amazing. It's beautiful. Um, you know, we had a great time. We were there, you know, a couple of days, so we got to experience it a bit more than you know some other cities. And uh, yeah, you know, the the the, the you know the Fiorentina fans are just amazing too. 
you know, I, I don't know. For me, uh, Firenze, maybe Rome too was another because I, I did obviously like Rome as well. Napoli was, like I said, another another shot for me. But I'm glad Nick brought up this this question by Tony Fabri. Uh, we didn't get time to speak about last week. We'll speak about it now. But for me, I would definitely choose uh, Firenze. And, my uh, first my first city on match was uh, Fiorentina versus Juventus in Florence because I was studying abroad in 1997. Uh, and I, it, like, I've never experienced anything like it before. Riot police yeah. were out in, in the city the entire day. Uh, they actually had like police that were escorting the Juve fans from the, it wasn't even Santa Maria Novella, the, the main train station there was um, Campo di Marte, I think, which is the one that's closer to the stadium itself. So these guys were like, the fans were all being escorted in almost like prisoners of war, like the stuff that you see on TV nowadays wow. pales in comparison to what Italy were doing, the cops were doing there uh, for the Juventus wow. supporters. And That's they crazy. were all like in the one corner, you know, the, the little corner of the stadium that with the 25-foot-high fences and barbed wire and everything that they have there. The second Juve took the pitch to like in their suits to, to check it out and everything, the whole stadium full of Fiorentina supporters just starts going absolutely nuts, booing, whistling, like screaming, yelling, wow. all these refined – you know, people, um, Florentines were like cursing and just screaming and spitting and everything. This one guy <laughs> in the Juventus, shit. like in the Juventus corner, runs down from the top and starts shooting like flares at the people in the stands. And I'm like, what the hell did I get myself into here? But, <laughs> Holy shit! Fortunately, so Del Piero, I saw Del Piero like right in front of me there. We were right, uh, we were right by the glass down towards the pitch. Uh, it was, uh, it was the first time I had tear gas first and only time I've ever had tear gas in my face because that's how they, uh, that's how they were getting everybody to calm down, which works. And, uh, <laughs> it was, it was something. Yeah, it was something. That's why I'm a Milan supporter. So. Uh, uh, but yeah, for, for, for me, for the, for the club, I would take you, I'm going to say the name. You probably, uh, never heard of it. Renato Curi Angolana. It's actually a club from my dad's family's hometown from Chita Sant'Angelo and Abruzzo. If I could uh, be the owner of them and promote them all the way back up to Serie A, they've never been to Serie A, they've never been past Serie D, hey, I would love that. Um, it, so, but, we're uh, Paisani yeah, they, then. What? We're Paisani. My oh. family's Abruzzese as well. Oh, yeah? From what part? Yep. Uh, Provincia di Chieti. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, I'll tell you offline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, That's not cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but, but, but yeah, it, uh, it would definitely be shows. cool. Sorry, Adriano. Go. No, no, no. Go, go, go. Oh, I had nothing to say. No, no. I, I think you know if what a dream it would be to take you know your your you know your your heritage uh, to to glory, pretty much. You know, bringing you know your hometown team, uh, your hometown paese, all all the way up uh, to Serie A. I think that would be a dream for. So many Italians, uh, you know, to, to see, you know, to see their club at the top. Um, but, uh, you know, Dave, before we let you go, I just wanted to throw in just a quick other question uh, before, before we, uh, we really let you go. Uh, Azzurri, I, I try to like to, I like to ask this question just to see how people are still feeling about them. Uh, obviously, Euro is not happening, but uh, it is coming next year. What, what, are you, uh, what, what are your thoughts about the, the Azzurri coming, uh, coming for Euro 2021 and the future? They've broken my heart so many times in the past since the World Cup win. Um, but I think this is the first time that I, I actually feel myself getting back into it. And I, I, I'm not there just yet. I'm not there just yet. Okay. I needed a little more regularity. 
but I think Mancini has done a phenomenal job uh, building a young core of players that are going to take us through. I think, I think probably delaying the Euros was a good thing for us to give them a little more time to, uh, to develop a little more time to, to get some experience under their belts. But I think uh, I'm, I'm, I have high hopes that when it uh, resumes next year, that uh, we're going to be in a good place. So I, I, I have, I have uh, some higher expectations this time around, and I just hope they don't disappoint. Absolutely, I think we can all I think we can all vouch for that uh, for that answer. But uh, Dave, honestly, from the three of us, we really like to take the time to say thank you for taking your time uh, out of your day uh, to speak to us here on the Cultural Guys, and uh, we we finally finally finished the trifecta, the Philly, <laughs> Philly trifecta. trifecta. We finally got it done. Uh, we can't wait to you know do round two with everybody. Um, you know, Phil Gijo, uh, two two other great guests that we had on our, yeah. on our podcast before. But uh, where can I mean? We know you're so famous on Twitter. You know, you guys well, are top notch me on Cup Philadelphia. But uh, but if anybody <laughs> is listening that doesn't know, where can we find you uh, on on social media? Okay, so on uh, on Twitter and Instagram, it's the same. It's at Milan Club Philly, uh, and we're on Facebook as well. Facebook.com/slash Milan Club Philly. Uh, reach out, come say hello. Uh, you guys are certainly invited to Philadelphia once all this nonsense with COVID, uh, works itself out, but we'd love to, we'd love to have people visit us. We'd love to meet new people as well. Even and we love to, uh, everybody's welcome. <laughs> and that, that's the thing. No, I, Beautiful. I, I, feel, Beautiful. I feel very strongly about that. You know, I mean, especially nowadays, like, look, everybody, we're all people, right? We all got to get along. We all got to be better to one another. So I don't care what team you support, come hang out. Don't be a dick. And uh, we'll have a good time, you know. If somebody comes looking for trouble, we don't need that. We're not a part of that. But that that's never happened in, uh, yeah. in the uh, six seven years that we've been doing this. It's always been a great run. Uh, we've met so many wonderful people, and uh, hope to continue to do so. It's been a pleasure meeting you guys, though. Thank you so much for having me uh, on the show tonight. Greatly you know, appreciate absolutely. it. Absolutely. And, well, thank, well, thanks for coming definite on. Definite pleasure. Definite pleasure. And and just to say, you know, we admire what you guys got going on in Philadelphia. You know, you guys got three fan clubs, Agran yep. Cafe L'Aquila, coming together week in, week out. I don't care what game it is. You know, you see Phil, you see Gijo, you see yep. yourself, uh, you know, all, all the fans uh, and all your members at, at that one location. It just shows, like, and what you just said, you know, you don't care who you are, what team you support. The unity that Cultural brings uh, to people is, is yep. what definitely counts, and, and you can really see it in Philadelphia. So, again, we want to shout that out uh, because, we, you know, yep. we admire it uh, from here in Montreal. But uh, so, everybody, definitely give Dave uh, and Milan Cofili a follow for us. Catch us on all social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at The Cultural Guys. Catch our podcast on all uh, your podcasting platforms, and uh, we'll talk uh, to you next week to talk more cultural. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> the Cultural Guys is a weekly podcast by Igiano Donardo, Gianni Delacoli, and myself, Nicholas DiGiovanni. We want to bring Calcio back to its roots in our communities and share stories from around the world about why we're passionate about the beautiful game. You can listen to us anywhere where you listen to your podcasts, including Spreaker, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Mixcloud. Give us your opinion on social media at The Calcio Guys on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. The outro song is The Last Ones by Jazar.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.